0: I shall be too late! My name is Toner Quinn, and I'm the editor of the Journal of Music, the online music magazine. As a year, it was an extraordinarily difficult time for musicians and composers. Uh, I know that from talking to them, and I know that from what has come across my desk in the Journal of Music. And at the same time, I've been just consistently amazed at the work that is being produced, the sort of flexibility, the imagination. The creativity, the persistence in the face of this per- pandemic to just keep producing interesting, creative, radical, enjoyable, sort of imaginative work. <laughs> The pieces that I have chosen sort of that were highlights for me were pieces that just sort of stopped me through the year and made me sort of put aside everything I was working on and really sort of dive in and listen to them a lot. And the first piece is Irish National Opera's version of Gerald Barry's opera Alice's Adventures Underground. And this is a film of the opera. They streamed it for about a month in November and December. I read a review of it even before I listened to it, a review by Adrian Smith in the Journal of Music. And he, like, he was sort of suggesting that it was like 50 minutes of anarchy. And I says, well, it could be that anarchic. But I watched it through and it made me laugh in the most wonderful way. It's the creativity of the opera. I couldn't believe the ambition of it the sort of imagination that went into it and every time you think in this opera that it's settling into some sort of orthodoxy some sort of what we think is opera it immediately takes a sort of handbrake turn There's plenty- It's got Gerald Barry's sort of original, unique music, but it's the singing, it's the performances in this. As Adrian Smith described it, all of these sort of ideas are tumbling in on top of each other. Uh, It's playing with your sense of normality, playing with your sense of reality. There's Claudia Boyle is singing the, the most extraordinarily difficult vocal lines. Claire Presland is singing, Hilary Summers I watched it and I couldn't believe the imagination. And I really thought to myself after watching it, what an amazing work for the sort of next generation of Irish composers coming up to have a work like this accessible to them, you know, as a work to sort of show you what is possible with the imagination, with the sort of multimedia forces of an opera. Just, I just think it would be inspiring for any musician to look at. Um, and any composer to look at to see look at what you can imagine look at what can happen it's just so extraordinary the color of it the costumes the changes the singing the words the narrative it doesn't make sense and it all made sense in the end i really really enjoyed it (laughs) I remember twenty years ago publishing an article by John McLaughlin. He was writing about Gerald Barry, a uh, Gerald Barry opera. I think it was the Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant. And John McLaughlin said to me, well, Irish opera is (laughs) Gerald Barry (laughs) operas because he's the one producing them and he's the ones that are being seen. But that's not the case anymore because Irish National Opera is doing all of these extraordinary things. And then you have independent productions like Michael Gallon's Elsewhere and Dennehy's The First Child as well. So there's all this incredible work going on and it's the generation of singers that are coming up and are established I know is really drawing on those. I mean, it's a golden time. It's a golden time for Irish opera at the moment. And, and we're only beginning, really. We're only beginning because you've this new generation of composers coming up. And, it, you know, there's something else interesting going on with opera, because, of course, as well as sort of, you know, the sort of orthodoxy of an opera production, we've also had this sort of strand in Irish contemporary composition, which has come via jennifer walsh maybe of sort of their kind of multimedia productions they um they involve you know vocals electronics performance humor there's a narrative um, so that is feeding into irish opera as well that sort of alternative way of looking at performance so i don't know where it's all leading but it's definitely one of the really exciting strands at the moment A lot of recordings started emerging during the pandemic that were quite internal. And one recording that came across the desk that I listened to and that I found myself returning to was Jane Deasy's Thawing EP. And it's just two tracks. They're about 13, 15 minutes long. Electronic music. But electronic music is kind of a simplistic description of it as well. But the first track, there was something about it. It's just it's about 13 minutes long. You know, begins sort of with some electronic textures and you're sort of drawn into it gently by the craft, whatever she happens to be doing there. And then towards the end, you start to hear applause. Then the applause grows and you're sort of going, where is this going? And out of nowhere, a woman just starts speaking. And she says, they want to be loved. They have to be loved. And she starts reflecting on her life. They have to be loved. loved. When I was 17, I, I could do anything. It was so easy. My emotions were so close to the surface. I'm finding it harder and harder to stay in touch. once again, I just loved the imagination of it. It was unpredictable. It sort of caught my attention. It made me go back again and go, what was happening in this piece all the way up to then? How do we get here? Is it a kind of pandemic recording? That's probably unfair. It could have surfaced at any time and who knows how long the composer had been working on it. I found myself listening to a lot of sort of, on the long walks of the pandemic, sort of electronic music, slow electronic music sometimes. And um, when you're sort of reflecting on everything and trying to sort of think straight about things, (laughs) not trying to go crazy. You know, I found recordings like this, which sort of made me really reflect on things. I was kind of drawn to them, and this was one of those. Any other... um... Recordings that 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 uh, came across your desk that um, struck you. One that it was released this year. It's the Irish Minimalism by the composer Dave Flynn and. Yes, it is a release, a re-release of some recordings from 2019, packaged differently, but there is also some new recordings on it. But also, I think when it came out in 2019, which had been just before the pandemic, it didn't really get the attention it deserved. You know, he works a lot between contemporary music and traditional music, and that can happen. You can kind of fall between two stools. But Dave does really achieve something really, really special when it comes to working with traditional music. He manages to take something from within traditional music and express it through a contemporary compositional voice. And on this recording, he has several quartets. And I want to mention one particular quartet, which is the Keening, which is a three movement quartet. It's played by Contempo. Keening is the sort of ancient Irish practice of sort of lamenting uh, the singing, the the lamenting that took place when somebody had died. And it's a practice that has died out now, but he tries to capture it with a string quartet. You know, he gets Contempo to play in a way, and Bogdan, the, the first violinist of Contempo, but he has Bogdan playing in the way a traditional fiddle player would play. And I found that extraordinary that they'd actually managed to achieve that. That's actually down to the writing, and it's also down to the performance. It's bringing in lots of sort of nuances of traditional music, but harmonically it's interesting, it's crafted, it builds, it's creative, Dave has written quite a few quartets which combine traditional music and contemporary music. But there's so much more than that. You know, they're not about using traditional melodies or anything. He has gone much, much deeper into traditional music. He's able to sort of pick the nuances out of it, the kind of things that aren't written down and bring them into a contemporary sort of work. I think these these quartets, really, more and more people should hear them. There's something special about them. I mean that particular work the keening that was that was written in 2007 so it's you know it's what what 14 years old at the, at, at this stage really good piece of music is always slightly ahead of its time it's always it, it, it and that's why it catches our ear because hang on that's something new you know there's there's a an an element of creativity here that sounds fresh so it's always slightly ahead of its time the good stuff the stuff that catches your imagination um, you see even even a good work like that that's 14 years old it could still just disappear again you know in our musical culture if we don't keep highlighting it if you don't keep mentioning that these works are there I think that's an album worth highlighting. There's lots of others as well. I'll mention just one more for now, which is Anne-Marie O'Farrell's Embrace. has had a really big year in a way because she had Ethel's, her five movement orchestral work, premiered at the New Music Dublin Festival and then it was just performed as part of the National Concert Hall's 40th anniversary. But the Irish harp as an instrument has had a really amazing few years just before the pandemic. I'm kind of fascinated by the Irish harp because its history is a thousand years old. I've done a lot of research into it and this album, Embrace, it is an album of new work. I mean, it's contemporary Irish work uh, played on the Irish harp. Some of the pieces are by Anne-Marie. But one of the fascinating things about this album is that there are three pieces on it and they're premiere recordings. And they are recordings by John Kinsler who recently passed away, by Joan Trimble and by Daniel McNulty. And these three works they were actually published in 1975, but this is the first time they've been recorded. They were published in a book called The Irish Harp Book, which was edited by Sheila Larche Cuthbert. It was essentially a tutor in 1975 for the Irish harp, and not many people played the Irish harp at that stage. It was an instrument, you know, traditional music was taking off, but not the Irish harp. It wasn't as popular. And she published this book and it was a tutor. So it had guidance on playing how to play the Irish harp in a traditional style. And also there were some sort of ancient Irish airs there from the Bunting manuscripts and some traditional tunes and things like that. But right in the middle of the book, or spread throughout the book, in fact, she had commissioned 15 new works by contemporary living Irish composers. And they're sort of, you know, they filter through this sort of traditional music tutor and they really jump out. But the interesting thing is, at that time, it is debatable whether or not there were the specialists in Irish contem- Irish harp who could actually play these works. So by commissioning them and by publishing them, she was actually sort of imagining a future where these works would be played by Irish harpers. And so now we are in Sheila Larche Cuthbert's future, essentially 36 years later. Anne-Marie O'Farrell records three of those works. So, you know, I found that absolutely fascinating, that the way that circle um, was made between that publication when it was aspirational, really. So that's something really, really special for the Irish harp that it's, this is an album embrace. It's kind of projecting into the future about what's possible for the Irish harp. And also it's sort of connecting in with that repertoire which could have been left behind. It could have been forgotten, but actually she's brought it back to life now. So that's a really special album as well, I think. Toner, thank you so much for those thoughts and observations and for bringing these um, uh, very, very interesting choices for 2021.